I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined as always with our super producer, Alexis, codename Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, we're so glad you dropped by today, fellow conspiracy realist. Uh, this is one of our favorite weekly segments listener mail where we hear from the best part of the show you and your fellow listeners and uh peek behind uh the curtain of of our recording today i think we're going to be a little bit punchy uh i think i think we're going to be coming with the strangeness we hope you enjoy this we're going to uh we're going to answer an incredibly great question from our pal roadrunner on our call-in line, one eight three three std wytk We're going to hear something we haven't examined yet, weirdly enough, which is the phenomenon that until 2013 or so was called food deserts by the U.S. government. But before we get into any of that, we've got, a, we've got an email coming in hot from a, a ghost of a particular morality 
uh, who is um, very, you know, very concerned, um, very concerned about what you should or should not fly a plane into. Yeah, pl- pleasant enough, uh, gentlemen, but uh, bad ghost. Or bad maybe it's ghost. like a, like bad dog. Not not like mm-hmm. you know like like oh. you know smack you on the nose of the newspaper because you've been a horse, naughty that, ghost. What was know? that name of that during the writers' strike? Neil Patrick Harris. Um, Neil Patrick Harris had Doctor, not Doctor Evil. No, it was Doctor Terrible. Terrible, horrible, no Doc, good, yeah. very bad. Anyway, <laughs> that's a naughty ghost. There's an amazing spanking. Um, yeah, so we can Dr. Call Horrible's sing along blog or something yes, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll All check right. that but out. But this is about ghosts. Yeah, it's, well, not, sort of. <laughs> it's, about, you could, it's about an act that could create a bunch of ghosts, potentially, if it had gone off correctly uh, or as intended. But let's just dig in. Hey, guys, I'm a fairly new listener, but love the podcast. Thanks. Um, you can call me Bad Ghost, and boy, have we ever just driven that one into the ground already. Uh, and you have permission to use my code name, um, this email, and any information on it in your show, which we shall do directly. I live in a small city just south of Memphis, Tennessee, called Olive Branch, Mississippi. Um, that's, that's the place where everyone goes for forgiveness. Um, just a few days ago on September 3rd, there was a man named Corey Wayne Patterson who stole a fully, uh, fueled King Air 90 from Tupelo Regional Airport and threatened to crash it into Tupelo Walmart. Um, and he links it in PR piece below. They ended up evacuating the Walmart and a nearby, uh, convenience store as a precaution, but they ended up talking the guy down, getting him to land in a nearby bean field. Now, I'm no pilot, nor am I educated in the field of aviation, but there are rumors that this type of plane is very difficult to fly. Uh, I'm not sure of the specific flight path, but from what I understand, it was a very long uh, and um, complicated one. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, These rumors kind of make it seem like this could be some kind of false flag or conspiracy type event because of how everything went down. Like, how was he able to gain access to the plane, get it airborne, um, the length and path taken by the man piloting the plane, uh, then the fact that he warned ground control, he planned on committing this act of terrorism, then decided against it and safely landed this rather large plane himself. I know you guys are a little more educated in this area, but I'd love to hear what you think. I know it made several news networks, but I like the NPR piece, and it was the easiest and most available to me as I write this email. Thank you, guys. Looking forward to hearing back from y'all. The Bad Ghost. Um, Yeah, this this made tons of news. Um, The NPR piece is great. I had similar questions. Uh, to you, bad ghost. I think we 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 maybe all did. I know this this man uh, worked at an airport, but wasn't like a pilot. He what was he like a baggage handler or something? Did you guys dig into this story at all? It's super sus. I agree. Very strange. And it's true. This plane is well a, a specialized type of plane. You wouldn't just be able to like figure it out, let alone land it safely. Um, well, according to the really, NPR yeah. article. Mm-hmm. No, he fueled airplanes. So he was a person who actually went through and made sure airplanes had sufficient fuel in them before they would, you know, take off or something. Yeah. So in preparation, Corey Wayne Patterson. That's right. Which and is it, a, a certain set of skills, but it's not doesn't make you a pilot or, or the ability to pilot those airplanes that you are fueling. Uh, yeah. this well, it said he had instruction, but no license. It's so maybe enough. he was learning. Yeah, but let's let's exercise, uh, if not empathy. Let's let's assume the perspective here. I've always thought it must it must be frustrating for some aviation professionals 
to work on planes that they do not fly. You know, it's like ever the bridesmaid, never the bride. You know, I've done all this work and now this this jerk gets to go uh, actually have fun with the, the craft. I'm sure a few people feel that way. So uh, maybe it just got too much for him. But he he alerted authorities, right? Like he proactive Patterson proactively contacted local law enforcement via 911, right? That's right. The uh, chief of police of Tupelo has a really amazing name, by the way. His name is John Quacka or Kuwaka. I don't know. It's Q-U-A-K-A. Um, and he, he, he's made some comments uh, on, on, the, uh, on the incident, saying that after leaving the airport, he immediately alerted emergency responders of his intention to uh, do harm to the Walmart and presumably, you know, those within. Um, no one else is on the plane. Um, as Bad Ghost said and the NPR piece also said that the, uh, the, the Walmart and the nearby Dodge's convenience store were evacuated. Um, they had a hostage negotiator. I mean, it's not really a hostage. Kind of it is. You're sort of holding, holding the people of Walmart and Tupelo hostage, in a way, with your with your threats. Um, spoke directly to Patterson as he kind of hovered over the city for hours. But again, like some instruction, but no pilot's license. This is not like, you know, the kind of plane that you, you just, that anyone could have access to. And again, I'm no... I'm no pilot or, or aviation, you know, enthusiast even myself, but I can't imagine that all planes are created equal. Now, you know what, though? When you look at it, though, it, it does look like the kind of little private plane. Uh, I'm, for some reason, I was picturing like more of a commercial sized plane. So this is from the look of it. It does appear to be kind of one of those little twin prop kind of deals that would be the kind of thing you would take up take flying lessons in but yeah, it's the stuff you see over here at pdk all the time at the mm-hmm. little decap airport yeah you can get you one for around a million seven for a 2005 model yeah i mean the maintenance the maintenance itself can be a bit of a bear you know you're making an excellent point because a plane of any variety whether you're talking super secret stealth uh reconnaissance craft or whether you're talking a little cessna <laughs> the kind that you could famously weld onto a Ford Pinto, true story. Whether it's whatever aircraft you're talking about, you cannot, no matter how intelligent you are, you cannot just hop in and, uh, poor choice of words here, wing it. They are complicated. So, uh, you know, it, it makes sense that there would be a licensing uh, regime for these things. But also, Noel, do we have um, any insight? into Patterson's mental state at the time? Did he say, I know he went on Facebook and I found that, but do we have any like official confirmation of motive? Do we know how everything worked out? Is he getting charged? He's definitely get, getting charged. Yeah, yeah okay. he's, it may actually be charged federally, you know, because the, the FAA, right? I mean, that's, this is going to be a federal crime to steal and illegally pirate pilot an aircraft. I believe he's being charged with grand larceny and, and terrorist threats. Um, but the motive is the part that, you know, I heard about this and my mind immediately went to the water crisis and this being some sort of retribution, you know, or some sort of like, 
you know, somebody going postal, for lack of a better, you know, uh, more elegant term, like as a result of, of the, you know, the, the water issue. Obviously, it's not in the same part of the state, but I just thought maybe that there was some connection um, that there's nothing there's nothing indicating any motive that I've seen. Hmm. The FBI field office, though, that is involved is in Jackson, you know, which is where all of the, the water, you know, chaos is going on. Um and I didn't even Which is, by the way, we, update on yeah. that. Uh, they're yeah, back please. up to full pressure. Oh, as, of, as of the Monday when the episode came out, where we were talking about it, the Ooh. water pressure was back up. That water was still not ready to drink when it came Ooh, out of no. the tap. You can see <laughs> photographs of uh, black muck coming out mm-hmm. of bathtub faucets. Oof, that, nasty stuff. There was another public safety uh, alert that um, warned people not to shower with their mouths open and uh, yeah. watching footage. There was a lot of like people buying bags of ice, you know, and, and melting it down and then bathing out of like those Gatorade kind of coolers with the little, you know, tap on them. Uh, but again, th- this is unrelated. It just is in the same area. Uh, and th- there is no connection that, that I, that I have seen, but that was where my mind initially went. So to, to answer your question, um, bad ghost, I-, I found it a little odd as well. I do think that, that there more information will come out about the person's motivations. It seems like maybe it was just a kind of a cry for help kind of situation. And Ben, you point out a great, a great point about the, the empathy side of it is like, it would suck to be kind of a lower level employee with the dream, you know, of, of, of being a pilot and not, you know, but there's no indication, uh, you know, you, you, you can get a pilot's license if you do enough instruction. Doesn't mean it's a commercial yeah. pilot's license. Um, and have the cash. I'm just, I'm, 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 I, I hear you're grown. I, I'm just speaking to the guy's mental state, you know, mm-hmm. and if the person's already mentally Ooh. perhaps compromised, I could see how that level of bitterness could perhaps boil over into taking action but but I, I again we don't really know yet what, what, what do you think Matt I'm just saying the, the person is 29 years old they're going through probably a lot of changes in their life at this time in their life they're probably going through a lot of personal stuff everybody is we all are literally every one of us right now listening is going through a ton of personal stuff that most people don't know is going on yes. around us yeah so it's like uh who knows what it is but it was definitely felt like a breaking point thing for him uh, and he had access to one of these planes and made that split decision, right? Because he didn't make the post until I think he was in the air. He was he was communicating stuff out even through Facebook. This is, of course, not the first time someone has uh, absconded with an aircraft. My favorite story, I cannot remember the specifics, but my, my favorite story in this regard is there's a guy I heard of who a number of years ago stole a plane and flew it in a loop-de-loop just because he could, because he had trained for years on a very uh, sophisticated simulator, like an air simulator flight. And, you know, that was his, um, his Everest. That was his, uh, the peak he needed to summit in his life. But there's no ideology involved with that. As far as we can tell, bad ghosts, there's not ideology involved, at least publicly stated, In Patterson's case, uh, it reminds me of that old quote often misattributed to Plato, be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. So we don't know what happened with Patterson. Um, We do know he's alive. He didn't actually crash the plane, but we'll have to see if he gets consequences. Because as you said, Noel, the FAA 
is known for a lot of things, none of which are playing around with people <laughs> who just try to, you know, do a jazz riff on a plane flight. There, there's a uh, statement from, from the young man's attorney, Anthony L. Farisi. Uh, he told CNN, quote, Mr. Patterson is a good young man with no criminal history. We have begun our own investigation into this matter, and we believe that Mr. Patterson has been laboring under some serious psychological distress that led to these events. We look forward to defending him in this matter and proceeding appropriately. Um, so, you know, kind of checks out. Definitely be interesting to see if there are any other motives, but it does sound to me like, to your point, Matt, it was just someone uh, dealing with a lot uh, that, that reached a breaking point. And um, not making excuses is a uh, pretty, pretty pretty bad way to act out, you know, uh, with putting other people yep. at risk. Um, but, you know, again, you, you can't empathize with <laughs> the, the experience of intense stress and anxiety about the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just want to put this out there. It reminds me of a story we've talked about on this show before. Do you guys remember when a guy stole a passenger jet? Yes. It, it, the dude stole a passenger jet and flew it all around and was doing loop-de-loops like you were talking about, Ben, uh, in a giant passenger jet until he crashed it. Just, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Something about the allure of having access to a plane, especially if you're a worker, you know, in any capacity in an airport. Something about it, I think. And, uh, you know, there's something to me understandable about it. And it's not this uh, silly hat I'm wearing right now, which we are not going to explain in this week's listener mail segment. But uh, it's there, just so silly. There's this thing where the average human being can swim, but not as well as a fish or other maritime creature. The average human being can run, though not as swiftly as, say, something like a cheetah. Uh, but one thing people can't do without the aid of technology is fly. It's literally rarefied air, and there's something noble and poetic about the attempt to fly, you know? Uh, in fact, recently, uh, last week, as you're hearing this segment, one of our partner shows, Ridiculous History, uh, embarked on a series, you would love this, Matt, Inventors Who Died at the Hand of Their Own Inventions. And the first episode, we thought it would be a one and done. But there's I've so heard many. this pitch before. I am so glad this is happening. I know. I keep, I'm sorry I wouldn't shut up about it, guys, but I'm fascinated. We, we're going to have to have Matt on the show. And all. Our, our first one oh, was, yeah. uh, was just Inventors Who Died trying to fly yeah, and spoiler alert uh, some of them were more boneheaded than others <laughs> some of them were yes. noble attempts uh, uh with you know with eyes wide open uh to quote creed um and then others were just like bro <laughs> come on what did you think was gonna happen well that sounds amazing i can't wait to hear it and you shall good sir now to ben's point we will we will have you on uh very soon perhaps on another edition of, of what this is, uh, you know, would be uh, potentially. We always promise these series and then never do them. But I think this one actually has got legs or wings. Um, so we're going to fly on out of here for a minute and take a break for a word from our sponsor. And then uh, we'll make a safe landing back into the next segment. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, and we are back, and we are jumping to the phone lines. Quick shout out to a bunch of the people that I talked to earlier. Um, I let's just uh, Sarah and Harvey, if you're listening to this one, uh, y'all are awesome. Uh, Jeremy, Chicky, City Slicker, Jeff, Old Rando, 
<laughs> shooting a bunch of a bunch of you guys. Yeah, uh, shout the usual out to crew. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna jump over to the phone lines and hear a message from Road Runner. Hey guys, this is Mike, the Road Runner, Rembus. I was listening to the Guantanamo Bay episode, and it made me pose a new question. I think you might like to investigate and report on. I wonder, can you find out who the most dangerous people in the world are and where they are being held? You know, um, just the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst, and where are we keeping them, and why are they being kept alive instead of getting rid of them? That's just that's the whole question right there. Who are these people? Where where are they being kept? You know, think uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter, Infinity, somebody that bad, and why can't we let them out? So I think if you explore that, you're going to find some real creepy stuff, and I'd love to hear it. So doing a great job. Keep it up, and uh, take it easy. What a fantastic question. I'm really yeah. excited about this one, Roadrunner. Uh, you have come to the right place uh matt this one this one really spoke to you huh are we all of the same mind on this one i think so i i'm really just going to present this in a few moments here very fast there is a lot and the research is pretty extensive because it's kind of difficult sometimes to figure out who uh, a is alive and then actually where people are incarcerated where specific criminals are incarcerated and you know, there are some lists you can find, but not all of them are from the most reputable sources. Right. So it's, it's, this is question roadrunner. Mike is a, it's a little more difficult to answer than we can do right now. So I think we might have to make a full episode guys, but I will give you some of the information I found. There's actually a how stuff works article that mm-hmm. I would want to reference in this segment. Uh, and when we do it later in the future, it's about one particular place of incarceration, one prison. But um, the first thing I would jump to, or at least that I found, is an article from a website called Next Luxury. I know nothing about this website. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I can trust a lot of the information here. Nothing is cited. It's just kind of a listicle. But it does mention some of the most secured sites on the planet. And... Maybe we save some of these other international prisons, like some of them that are in Ireland and other places for a full episode, because I think yeah. that could be interesting. You're talking about like Spike Island. I can't wait. Yeah. As soon as I yeah. heard this, this is definitely, we're going to do an episode on this. And our weekly listener mail segment inspires a lot of episodes, mm-hmm. part of the reason we're grateful for it. But this this might have to be a two-parter. Uh, previously, we did a deep dive into black sites which are a real thing, but they're not quite answering your two-part question, Roadrunner, because a lot of people in black sites are bad dudes, but then a lot of other people who were uh, literally had a bag put over their head and they were dragged to this site that doesn't exist, a lot of them were just innocents who happened to have a similar name to the person those forces were looking for. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is, this is a dark rabbit hole. And especially, you know, when we're talking about information that is being closely managed by state or interstate powers, there's some real stuff they don't want you to know here, I think. 
Oh, yeah. You know, he mentions like the Hannibal Lecters of the world and stuff like that. A, why are some of these folks just perma, you know, incarcerated um, and not on death row? Is it is it a matter of, of their being kept in like Arkham Asylum type like situations, high level, high security psychiatric institutions? Um, or, gotcha. Yeah. I just am wondering about the, those types, like the the true monsters, you know. So it's often what state of the United States they committed crime in. So whether or not there is an enforceable death penalty and then whether or not the judge they were in front of chose to give them that death penalty, right? In the sentencing part, those are the two main factors. And then also prisoners are often shipped around to different facilities. And kept alive because they have to face related charges, especially mm -hmm. if if they've committed crimes in more than one state. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to just give you one example of kind of a a prison that is in itself folklore to an extent, but it's also got inmates who are a part of the American story of some of the major crimes that have occurred in this country. Uh, It's a place that's known as ADX. It's in Florence, Colorado. There is a, an, an old how stuff works article you can read right now. If you want to just jump in right now at this moment, it's titled the Alcatraz of the Rockies. There's a subtitle. I'm not going to, it's just, it says why no one ever escapes from ADX Florence. Um, This is a, this is the maximum of the maximum security prisons, like super maxes that exists on planet earth, really uh, because of its location and because primarily of how it handles individual inmates. This place, according to what I've read thus far, keeps inmates for 23 out of 24 hours in a day in solitary confinement and does not allow much, if any, interaction between prisoners. So it is really just, it's a place to go and you will, it's putting someone in a hole, basically. That is what ADX Florence is. Some people, and when, the reason I'm talking about American folklore and the story of crime in this country, you've got Ted Kaczynski who I think is still incarcerated there. But again, this is stuff I need to look up and confirm before I can tell you precisely. But Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, I believe is still there. The person responsible for the Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, Several others. I think Eric Rudolph, who was a notorious bomber of abortion clinics. The person, and maybe a few people, I think at least the primary person responsible for the first uh, bombing of the World Trade Center is there in ADX Florence. It just a lot of the the super bads that you're just, you're talking about here, Roadrunner. Like they are at ADX Florence in Colorado in the middle of nowhere. Another thing that we'll get into. Like, sometimes I just have research locked and loaded that I I, I wait put on ice uh, until we have a, a relevant episode for it. Uh, another thing to consider, Roadrunner is uh, the prisons outside of the U.S., which often function in very different ways. I'm thinking specifically of places like Brazil, where there are are prisons run by inmates. I'm thinking also the fascinating, terrifying story of uh, some South African prisons and the prison gangs that run those places. Then, of course, uh, you can see... You can see a couple of interesting things in Russia as well. One thing that was weird, a little optimistic, uh, get this. I recently had to go to the Netherlands for some stuff. And while I was there, I learned that they are 
bringing in prisoners from other countries in the European Union because they, they are running out of prisoners. That's how their criminal justice system works. So take note, United States, there is a way around to this. We should uh, You got to fill those beds here. The dubious distinction of that, that just diabolical incarceration rate. But yes, there are very dangerous people such that there are laws written specifically to remove what you would consider their human rights. Is that for good reason? In some cases, absolutely. But there is much more of the story. Matt, Roadrunner, this is a fantastic idea. And where else are we going to get our unpaid labor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And Roadrunner, just want to add a couple more names to this list of the ADX Florence, uh, just so you can dive deeper into that rabbit hole. Michael Swango. This is the guy who the... There's a podcast, great podcast called Dr. Death that is based on this person, Michael Swango. Uh, I think it's being adapted into TV if it hasn't already. Uh, Terry Nichols, by the way, that's the, the Oklahoma City bomber, also at ADX, hanging out forever. Um, yeah, this is great. As you said, Ben, great topic. Let's explore it more. But for now, let's take a word from our sponsor and we'll be back with more messages from you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position: warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text SNAG to 2424 24 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. 
your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we have returned. One last thing I'd like to add here, Roadrunner, that I think will interest you, or I hope it does because I'm throwing it into the episode. How do we define dangerous, right? Because a thought can be a weapon. And there are a lot of people who are locked up for their thoughts. But with that in mind, uh, the way it was described, I saw yeah. Ben, was a, a complete disregard for the value of human life. Oh, yes. Well, that's one of the official definitions. But I'm also <laughs> thinking there are political prisoners that um, local regimes consider uh, Luther-level supervillains. So oh, yeah. I just want to... It's like pornography. You know, I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. So just wanna th- I just want to throw that teaser, and a hell of a teaser if I say so myself, to you. Uh, and then we're going to move on. Something important that is not often talked about here in uh, the U.S. Uh, this comes to us from someone who picked a moniker that I really love, Latrodectus Macton. Now, this is also going to be a future episode, so we're just going to share Latrodectus's correspondence, and uh, I believe it'll, it'll hit home with a lot of our fellow listeners. Hey there. So I've gotten into several conversations with several of my friends, a couple who think I'm a little nutty about food deserts. I don't have the resources or the time, honestly, for the research, but it seems to me that food deserts are real. You're right there, Latrodectus. And it's a real conspiracy from the government. Ah, now that's where we get to the episode. I don't know if you guys have covered this. We haven't. But I think you might want to, which is why I'm writing this email. And we're going to summarize some of this, Latrodectus, honestly, because we want to save some of the information here for that future episode. You say, so my thoughts on a food desert is that it's common knowledge that fresh meat, fresh fruit, and fresh vegetables are better for diets in general. True. There's no real disputing that. However, in lower income neighborhoods, there are fewer grocery stores, fewer Walmarts, etc., leading to more junk food, less quality food, more fast food, which in turn creates more health problems in lower income neighborhoods. A lot of people in lower income neighborhoods are obviously working lower income jobs, ones that don't have health benefits or sick leave, so they have to go to work sick, or they lose a lot of money that they desperately need. So by the government, and I honestly don't know how far this goes up, only allowing for lower income neighborhoods to have lower quality food sources, they're keeping lower income neighborhoods lower income. Pause here because that is uh, now it's a question of motive and purpose. Did some group do this by design or did they just accidentally yes and several terrible ideas that led to the current state? 
Also, latrodectus, you may enjoy this. There's a term for what you see in uh, littering interstate on and off ramps and, uh, you know, the stretch of suburbia. When you look around and all you see are fast food or convenience food outlets, that's called a food swamp, which is somehow even less appealing than a food desert. So I'd never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It was new to me uh, as of a few years ago, too. And it's a it's a powerful image. Let's uh, let's continue to explore Latrodectus's facts here, all of which I've confirmed. A lot of times, lower-income neighborhoods don't have their own vehicles. They have to use public transit, which is honestly not great most of the time, especially in the U.S. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with public transit, but what could take maybe 10 minutes to get to work in a car could take to up to three hours via public transit, Whew, especially in Atlanta. Part of me is still waiting for a MARTA bus from 2014. Uh, time is money when you're spending almost six hours. For example, on a bus, that's less productivity you could be achieving. Uh, Latrodectus says they live in the largest city in the U.S. of A. It takes 45 minutes to get across town and good traffic. We feel that in Atlanta. And Latrodectus says there are very wealthy neighborhoods here, but there are also very, very poor uh, neighborhoods as well. And in the poor neighborhoods, the grocery stores are at least a 15-minute drive away. And so for many people, you have to travel outside of your community on a long bus trip, maybe several buses, maybe a subway, if you're lucky enough to have one, to a grocery store. Then you have to find your way back, which means a, a heck of a long travel, right? It's a journey now just to get some fresh fruit, some fresh veggies, some eggs. And here's where it gets crazy. Latrodectus says, the conspiracy here that I believe is that the government has a hand in keeping the lower income families and neighborhoods down. Let's pause there. I don't want to share the rest of this excellent letter. Thank you again for writing in. Um, but I, I think we all recognize the concept of food deserts. We just we haven't talked about it on air, but we've probably talked about it with each other over the years. Absolutely. I kind of live in one. I mean, you know, I don't live that far from the city, but like the actual area that I live in, which is sort of like a, you know, starting to have more gentrification and things like that. But it really is just like gas stations and little convenience stores. And like the closest thing to like a real grocery store walking distance uh, is, is like a CVS, you know, or, or Walgreens. Um, again, I mean, there's, you know, there's a Publix about you know, 10 minutes away. So maybe I'm overstating the case, but I do believe uh, in more urban areas where people don't have access to cars, and public transit uh, does take a very long time, it would be considered based on proximity, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah. walkable. You'd, you would want to live in an area where you could walk to a fresh produce, a place where fresh produce is available. Mm -hmm. I guess I live in a great place because there's a Kroger and a Publix right by me. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm privileged as hell, I guess. Jeez. Okay. Uh, uh, I well, don't know. Hey, I'm just trying to figure out. You still have to pay at the grocery store, right? No, like everybody's no. pretty envious. Oh, you just go <laughs> to the dumpster. To... Oh, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. We learned Check about that years ago. <laughs> it's crazy. Talk about hyper capitalism. It is nuts what people throw away. And it's also, I, I mean, I understand the legal reasoning behind banning dumpster diving, right? Like the liability for diseases and contamination, but also you could just donate the food. Right. I was about to say, maybe just don't put it in the dump. Yeah. You know, one of the uh, one of the times I got detained here in Atlanta, uh, I mentioned many years ago on the show, 
uh, was when I was trying to give away bread in a place called Piedmont Park. Uh, I didn't have you monster. There were a lot of homeless people. I was like a I was like a dollar store Santa Claus. I had a big black plastic garbage bag of bread this bakery had thrown away, and I was like, here you go. I've got some bread in this. I will note the officer who told me to stop was very polite, uh, but very, very adamant that I stop. And uh, also this officer, who I will not name, disclosed that they believed the law was bullshit as well. But I couldn't get away with it because that's the world in which we live. Uh, yeah, food deserts are, are a real thing. The question of whether or not they are the result of a conspiracy is tremendously, profoundly fascinating because I would argue with what I hope is solid reasoning that they are the result of not one, but multiple conspiracies, systemic conspiracies that date far, far back, way before uh, most of us listening today were born. And promise that we will, we will try to be optimistic toward the end and share some solutions uh, to some proposed methods of untangling this Gordian knot of iniquity. Uh, will these be successful strategies? Well, it depends on who you ask. It depends on how things are measured. And honestly, it depends on who has their hand at the uh, wheel of power and money. Um, but you know, truth be told, a lot of us listening today are living in food deserts. And that doesn't mean anything is wrong with you doesn't mean anything is wrong with your life. It means that some entities and powerful people that you have never met looked at, looked at you in an indirect way. They looked at you as a small data point in a very large calculation. And you don't have enough call. spending power to, to put mm -hmm. a Publix anywhere near you or mm -hmm. any of your cohorts. <laughs> right. Yeah, redlining and gerrymandering are not just for state-level politics. And I think that's something that would surprise a lot of people. But consider this a tease. As we said, this segment will be a shorter one today. I wanted to end with one surprise. You know, I get a lot of people reaching out uh, to me on, on personal social. I think we all do. And we enjoy this. We are actually friends uh, with each other in real life. And we hope you understand that you are a big part of the show as well. That being said, gentlemen, we are going to end this week's listener mail segment by embarrassing someone. Are you down? Yeah. Is down for a little good-natured embarrassment? All right. Well, Some ribbon, a little ribbon. <laughs> well, this is a message from a Canadian conspiracy realist, pal of ours, Andriana. Andriana says, shout out to Elizabeth Burns, a.k.a. Elizabeth of Grim Reefer Magic. Well, Grim Reefer, your, your pal tells us that you enjoy listening to the show. Don't know if you've ever wrote in, but that it would make your day uh, if you got a shout out that was unexpected. Um, Matt Noel, uh, Andriana also requested that we say uh, she is so cool she could end global warming. I said no, no promises. But it's cool to surprise people. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it, Grim Reefer. Uh, I, I would say that you, you owe your pal, you know, an iced coffee. I would say something from Tim Hortons, but 
All of our Canadian friends assure us that Tim Hortons is overrated. Do you remember that? Timmy's. Timmy's. Yeah, Timmy's. We got those emails where people were saying, it's not what it used to be. Oh, that's what everyone says about everything. I know. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) It just looks kind of like a Dunkin', you know? I mean, I'm sure people come to to America from other countries and they're like, this is magic. What is this Dunkin'? And we're just so sick of it. We're just over it, over here, you know? The thrill is gone. Thrill is gone. It's the same with Timmy's. Yeah, I like it when stores are just a person's name. I'd appreciate it even more if they weren't clearly restaurants. I I, want to walk by a building that just says, you know, Jeremy. And I'm like, whoa, what are they getting into? Yeah, it didn't work out for uh, P. Diddy when he named his restaurant Justin's. I don't know. <laughs> I never went. I feel bad. I'm sorry, Puff. Um, yeah, Michael but- Jordan has a steakhouse in Chicago called Michael Jordan's Steakhouse. Well, see, now that's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. The brand it's clear. <laughs> but the thing is, though, wouldn't you expect it to be kind of corny and like sports memorabilia y and serve like just Applebee's mm-hmm. caliber mm-hmm. food? I, yeah. I would. It is apparently mm-hmm. very uh, fine. <laughs> Slam dunk nachos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's apparently very pricey, very high. I heard that. Steakhouse. I wonder mm-hmm. if you have to tip because Jordan is infamous for. Mm. Never tipping. Oh, uh, you mean but he could tip that basketball? Ooh, I know enough about sports to, to know that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> when you when you sit down at Michael Jordan's Steakhouse, you yeah. have to bet on like seven oh, different things so that are going to happen throughout the night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've all heard the stories. Our our pals at the show, Culture Kings. I don't think I don't know if it made it on the air, but years ago we were talking about Michael Jordan conspiracies, and uh, they schooled us on that guy's insane competitiveness, which I guess one must have in his profession. But uh, when you're that good, that's our show for today. Give us your pitches on, uh, on people's names that should be stores. Tell us what they sell. You know, uh, the weirder, the better, frankly, Uh, we can't wait to hear from you. Shout out to Roadrunner. Shout out to Bad Ghost. Shout out to Electrodectus. If you want to take the, a page from their book, then why not reach out? Why not become part of stuff they don't want you to know? There's so many ways to do it. We try to be easy to find online. Yes. Social media. It's the best, right? I love it. I use it every day. All Oh. Sorry, I was going to do it after when you, you were you were on the roll. You were on a roll, Ben. It sounded like you were rapping almost, and you were dropping the fire. <laughs> and I was just going to try. So it, 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 the, the moment has passed. The moment has no, passed. No, let's keep it in. Let's keep it in. This okay. is well, we're being endearing. Very kind. Oh, oh, oh! What's okay, that French so, term? Esprit d'escalier. You know the yes, moment where the, you like think of the thing that, but it's just the, the staircase too late, regret. I, I oh, did, regret I did, on I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got to Doc Holiday. Good luck with all of this. <laughs> yes. Well, Doc's a pro. Doc has been classing up the show for quite a while now. But we've got to describe what happened, guys. Folks, we really are super punchy today. Uh, so here's what happened as we were wrapping up. Uh, Matt and I see Noel like scrambling for his phone and going, hang on, hang on, guys. I missed it. I missed it. Hang on. <laughs> it was it was a beautiful moment. Maybe it'll make it to the uh, to the YouTube. But yeah, social media. That's the thing. We sip social meets. Find us there. If you uh, know about the secret function of your mobile device, why not use it? Why not reach out and touch space? 
<laughs> Reach out and touch space. Uh, you can call one eight three three S T D W Y T K. When you call in, it is a voicemail system. You know how those work. When were you born? Oh, you don't know what that is? Okay, so you're going you to have to tell us your DMV or any <laughs> yeah. other per- personally identifying information. <laughs> well, we you not. can. Yeah, we'll take it and store it and use it one day. Can I just say really quickly? Scams have gotten so much more robust and like clever. I almost fell for one the other day. I got an email from Geek Squad from Best Buy saying that they had re-upped some sort of subscription for coverage for this computer. And it rang true because I had bought a computer from a Best Buy from my mom years ago. I don't remember paying for anything like that. And there's a number to call Geek Squad to cancel. I call it. It's just a dude that says, Geek Squad, hello. <laughs> like, come on, man. You got to try hard. But, but I, can't, I, I stayed on with him for a minute before I was just like, and then I looked and it was from a Gmail address. So thanks to all those phishing uh, uh, simulations that our company does for us, I feel like I saved myself some some pain. Nice work. Voicemail. Name, moniker, whatever you want it to be. Mm. Message, three minutes. That's all you got. Let us know if we can use your name and message on the air. Uh, That's really all you need to know. There are no rules. Please, listen. And this is a very special message that may not ever Get to the recipient. Um, If your moniker is crazy old dog lady, please do not call us 17 times in a row. Call us, leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. I want to hear from you. We all do. Uh, But you don't have to do it 17 times in a row. We got to go through all these. And it's a lot. So have like uh, a staff. I know it seems. Yeah. yeah. We do not have a staff. Yeah. Well, I have this staff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh we gotta all end right. the show we gotta end the show <laughs> okay uh, all right uh, uh okay so we're we're off we wish you the absolute best uh we again cannot wait to hear from you if phone calls aren't your thing if your story deserves more than three minutes if you don't sip the social meads then as always we have uh our original way to contact us we read every single email we get where we are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Binge listen this and all your artist stations, plus any song from our library of millions of songs, all ad-free. Get your free 30-day trial of iHeartRadio All Access. You'll love it. Don't be basic. Be extra. Start your free 30-day trial of iHeartRadio All Access now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. 
And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 